talk to you about something for just a minute. Will you give me a minute to do so? Grace for your pace. Shout it out. I tell you, the pace is being increased. I said the pace is being increased. Hallelujah. We may make that Stephen Curtis Chapman song our theme song for a while. Saddle up your horses. We got a trail to blaze. Wild, huh? Yeah, God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace. God's amazing grace. Glory to God. Since you're down, baby, put your foot in the stirrup. Throw your leg over the saddle. It's time to go. Glory to God. Tell you what, let me read something to you that came to me early, early. I mean, very early in the ministry. It was a message I preached early called Running with the Horses. Hallelujah. I'll never forget when God spoke that to me. He brought it up to me again uh, with, it, with grace for the pace. It's Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. And he basically told me this is the condition that most of the church is in right here. Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 5. Jeremiah was complaining. Oh, it's hard. I've prophesied it. Why well, it hadn't come to pass. I don't understand. Jeremiah's complaining. In other words, he's, see, frustration and complaining is a sign of weariness. See, people that are always frustrated and complaining don't have anything else to do. <laughs> I am too busy to be frustrated right now. And I'm not talking about physically. I'm not talking about physically. We sleep like you, and eat like you. Kids have babies like you have babies and fellowship and have fun and celebrate birthdays. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the energy, the divine energy of the assignment staying in focus, which means we don't have a lot of time to waste. Are you hearing me? Glory be to God. Now, it says, if you've, God told Jeremiah, if you've run with the footmen and they've wearied you, then how can you contend with the horses? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. And if in the land of peace, see a lot of people for years thought they were living by faith or blessed because they were living by faith and they found out pretty quick in the last 18 months, no, they were blessed because they were living in America. They found out, they started find, finding out, are oh, they living by faith or not? It, it, was it really my faith that did this? Because see in the land of peace, it's easy to think you're doing something. So he says, if you're worn out in the greatest nation on earth, what are you going to do when you meet some real devils? Hello. That's supposed to be exciting in here now. Come on. Come on now. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking right over your heads to everybody else that's watching. And he's saying here, if in the land of peace where you trust, they wearied you. How are you going to do in the swelling of the Jordan? Well, you know what the swelling of the Jordan is. At the same time, all those years ago he gave me this, one of the scriptures I used was Joshua 3.15. And it literally says that the Jordan rolled back because it was at flood stage because it always is at flood stage at the time of harvest. So the Jordan rolled back all the way to the city of Adam and they went over to the promised land. You need to know right now by the Spirit of God, the whole reason that he says the swelling of the Jordan, he's talking about Jordan overflows all his banks all the time of harvest. He's saying it's harvest time. It's harvest time. So if you if just coming and going from church and trying to believe for your personal healing has worn you out, what are you going to do now that God's calling you to be a part of the combine to go reap the whole world harvest? It's, going to, it's time to raise up your eyes, open up your spirit, take the lid off, and ask for grace for the pace. Yeah. Glory to God. I mean, you've got 10 more years. What's 80? Amen. 80's a number. Amen. Going to the Amazon in a few weeks at 80 years of age and people looking for Social Security at 55? Give me a break. It's about time to start getting yourself up off your blessed assurance and saying, I've got something to do. My life is going to count. I'm going to appear before God and I'm going to hear well done. 
Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Throw both hands up and say, there's a finishing grace. There's grace for my pace. The pace is about to speed up. And I'm telling you about the Spirit of God. Quickly, dominoes, bang, 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 bang. Harvest, 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 harvest. You need to understand Amos 9.13, we're in that time now. And literally, he, people say, well, the sower's overtaking the reaper. That's a misquote of the word. The Bible does not even say that. The Bible says the plowman will. That means the sower indicates you're sowing seed. No, he's saying the guy that's preparing to sow seed, that's breaking the ground up to get ready to sow seed, he's going to overtake the reaper. Meaning that what's going to happen to you in this hour is God has speeded up the time so greatly that all you have to do is hear from God, make a decision in your heart, and get prepared to start to begin to commence to sow seed, and your harvest is going to come off of it. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. All you're going to have to do, because he judges the heart. So he sees when you made the decision, and before you can even cut the check, Woo, glory be to God. I'm telling you, it is at hand. He's the Lord of the harvest. Glory to God. We've entered an unseasoned of unusual harvest, and it's coming at you with sudden speed. But you're going to have to pull yourself up and outwent him and be there when he gets there. Because he wasn't going to have a meeting. That's the next thing you see. He was going to have a retreat with his disciples. They hadn't even eaten yet. And he's trying to get them somewhere where they don't know where he is. And they ran around the lake and beat him there so that he had no choice. When he saw them, they were already waiting on him and he had compassion on them. And the scripture says, look at that. You go read it. This is Mark 6. The scripture says that when he began to minister to them, he healed them, he taught them, and that's when the miracle occurred. No wonder they said, Jesus. Now look. I mean, be reasonable. The day is far spent. The people have come from all these cities. They don't have anything to eat. We're out here remote, nothing around. Be reasonable, Jesus. Brother Tracy, I mean, what do you expect of us? Well, God has always chosen the few to feed the many. That's what he said to me yesterday. I was reading this and he said to me, he said, throughout history, I've chosen the few to feed the many. Okay, let me try that over here. See, explain, let, let me explain it to you. Slow on the response. You're not going to outwit him with that kind of response. Immediate responsibility. Whew, well, I'm the few. He's about to break me and pour me out to the thousands. See, that's the response I'm looking for. Immediate. I'm, those are real people in the Bible. They weren't like superhuman, God, you know, like bionic. They didn't have what we have. They sure didn't have the conveniences we have. Come on now, these are real people. And they outwent him. They outwent him? They outran him? My God. He had no choice after all that ministry, people coming and going, preaching for days, not even eating, that when he landed there was such a multitude they couldn't do their retreat, they couldn't get aside and eat and talk about what God had done. He had to start a new meeting because they were there waiting on him. What am I going to do now? I see all these people. So he was moved with compassion, and the disciples were sitting there, oh, great. Oh, great. Somebody called, and Dad's got to go preach, and it interrupted our fishing trip. See? See how we are? See how we are? That's what was going on with the disciples. This was our time with Jesus. No, that's what they were saying. They saw this multitude. Well, how dare they? I mean, can't somebody, couldn't somebody, I mean, who said something? Who put it on Facebook? <laughs> See their attitude? So, I mean, that, could, that probably didn't get a thing out of what he was saying. Because the whole day he's preaching, they're upset because they didn't get to go to their retreat. Because after all, I've already paid for the trip, and I didn't buy trip insurance. <laughs> I, I don't know how I'm going to get my money back, and they're... 
probably in COVID, they're, they're never not even going to change the dates. And, <laughs> you mammon outfit. So he finally tells them, after all their ministry, all his ministry, and then coming together, and the ship trip, and now they got to have ministry because the retreat's messed up. And he's, he's preaching all day. I mean, come on, Jesus. Couldn't you pull something out of the back of the file drawer that's worked in other conferences? I mean, I know you got a motivational speech that you can just kind of bring up from memory, you know. Like one pastor said one time, he said, I've studied this message so much, I don't have to study anymore to preach it. I thought, I'm not listening to you anymore. I don't ever remember preaching the same revelation the same way twice. Not one time ever. Because <laughs> it comes out different. That's the reason Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record it differently. Because the Holy Ghost is dealing with scattering seed, everybody that's hearing, meeting needs, and laser light shows are going off, and angels are walking through the crowd, and somebody's destiny and eternal futures on the other end of maybe one phrase you're going to say. And they're sitting there thinking, oh, okay, you know, that's Brother Tracy. He's telling that same story again. I'm just saying. I know nobody in here has ever explained but I'm just trying to explain to you what they felt. I mean, I know y'all have never felt any of these things. <laughs> and you surely wouldn't think them. You pure person, you. <laughs> oh, glory to God. So Jesus turns and looks at him and judges that demon. And said, oh, you're so worried about them getting something to eat. That's wonderful. You feed them. <laughs> now you can really tell that like cats, they've been licking themselves because they've been had hairs down in their belly. They've been to hack it up now. <laughs> I mean, the whole time he's preaching, they're like a duck, you know. The water's hitting them, and they're, they're, they're taking a feather at a time, running it through their bill, you know. <laughs> and you can see it. So don't tell me ministers don't go through hard times. Don't tell me preachers don't go through moments of discouragement. Don't tell me that they don't get tired of their work, too. But did it ever occur to you that in what Jesus did that day, those 12 did eat? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. They did. The miracle happened not in his hands, theirs. John, that day, instead of sending the crowd away, Jesus gave John a miracle story to write about that he would open his writings to the churches he was over. The word of life, I've handled it. I saw it. I tasted it. He's talking about that day. When Jesus blessed it and handed it to John, and John took that fish and, ooh, can you imagine the look on his face? How fast, how fast, Brother Rob, did that happen in his hand? Can you imagine? We saw the most amazing miracles, you know. Just, I, I'll never forget some of the first ones I ever experienced. I'll never forget. I told y'all recently about the lady who had, you know, had almost a year of, of a crippling situation, and it was in the early in the afternoon, and the Lord said, I started to tell the Lord on a Sunday, don't you know what time it is? And I got, don't you, yeah, out, you know, don't you? And I'm, that was inside, and the Lord said, yeah, I know what time it is. Don't you care that these people get healed? I mean, I felt about that high when he got through with me. Mm. 
You fast, pray, believe God, and He gives you something money can't buy, which is a healing anointing. And then you're going to determine how you're going to use it and how long it's going to work and how much you're going to make available. Excuse me? So it's quiet in here. I know I've probably backed you in a corner, but I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. And I'll never forget grabbing that woman. First one, I said, yeah. And the front filled up. 1.30 in the afternoon, the front filled up. I'll never forget it. And I walked up there, and the very first lady I ever prayed for, her hand was, was paralyzed, withered, crippled, had spent, at, at that time, of her own money, between fifteen and $20,000. It had been almost a year, and nobody, no test, no treatment, nothing could help her. And I just took her hand in my hand like this. I said, in the name of Jesus. When I did, her fingers uncurled. I felt them in my palm. They went, poof. They knocked my hand off her hand because they went, poof. They just popped out. She said, oh, my, my hand. My. God just totally recreated that hand just right there. Oh, I've had that kind of thing happen many times. Tumors just, where'd it go? I don't know. But the anointing dissolved it. The name blew it out of there. One of the most recent ones, Jacob was with me. I was in Indiana. Lady comes in. She's all drawn up. You can tell, you know, demonized and other things. And we've got the whole list of all the 14 things she was diagnosed with and all the medicine she's on. It was text me. He saw it. He's helping me in the healing line. I said, in the name of Jesus, when she hit the floor, her arm, her arm that was about like this, went whoop and grew out. I mean, just like that. In fact, Jacob said it happened so fast that he went, and he had to help me, so he's like, that, that, maybe I didn't see it, right? Maybe it was, maybe that wasn't that way before. I mean, it just went, boom. That's how fast your harvest is coming. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. How fast do you think that happened in John's hands? Don't you know that bewildered him? I bet he wasn't, after that, you know good and well. You know, it amazes me, people that are so body conscious, so famine, I'm going to die. Well, I mean, we can look at you and tell, missing one meal, you're not going to die. So I'm just being real honest, okay? So you dramatic person, you. You don't have to sit down at the Mexican restaurant because you're so famished that you can't even wait for anything in conversation, in prayer or nothing, and the bowl of chips is gone before the waiter even gets there to get your order and then wonder why you can't finish your entree because you can't hold yourself enough to even keep from eating the chip for about five more minutes to tell your body, no, you'll eat when I tell you to eat and not because you're so famished. you got to just dive your hand in the bowl of chips. I'm just trying, I am trying to help you all. <laughs> I guarantee you, Lord, I really, I liked that other message really good. <laughs> I can hear him now saying, yeah, and if you'd have preached it, it would have been really good. <laughs> okay, I'll take that up with you later, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All I, all I know is, can you imagine? I know what it's like. I had to, they, they were needing to pour me into the airplane yesterday. Well, I had the choice, and I could have done that, you know. But since there was only two of us, you know, I didn't want to make John fly a single pilot. I need, no matter what seat I was in, I needed to function. <laughs> and I was under such a, I said, I'll tell you what, uh, I said, I, Food's the furthest thing in my world. When you get in that place, I'm telling you, you don't even remember you have a body. You travel with me, my mind's so on the meeting, you better eat a burger. If you want one, you better eat one. Because I'm not your deli. You've grown. Pack a snack. I don't eat before the meeting, and I'm not stopping at Burger King on the way to the hotel. 
Are you listening to me? I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm not your nanny. I mean, I get you've been on football trips and the coach arranged for your meal after the game, but I'm not that. <laughs> so I'm just saying, I'm coming out of the meeting. And so I told him, I said, y'all fix me a plate to eat. Fix me something to eat. Because I have learned after all these years, all these years I've learned the ways of the anointing. And if I can get something, in fact, the power of God was on me so strong, they said, uh, here, do you need a bottle? I said, yeah, yeah, just, just give me that water. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll kind of start coming back. Because I was out so far, it was hard to get back. So once I drank that water and I kind of did something natural, it started making me aware of the natural. And so I said, uh, now y'all fix me a little, we can't sit down and eat, we got to get back. I said, so fix me a little snack, so I'll eat it on the way to the airport and maybe I'll come to myself. Well, my, once I took a bite or two, my legs started working. I could walk to the car. That's how quick something natural will bring you back. The anointing protects us. I don't have to protect the anointing. The anointing protects me. What I have to protect is that this flesh is so fickle that I have to make some pretty hard choices to keep the flesh so I can respond when the anointing wants to flow. Because when you get tired, it affects it. You don't want to yield to it. You want to send the people home let them get something to eat. That's what happened to those boys. But I guarantee you, the whole reason I'm talking about this is I guarantee you when John took that fish. Now remember, they hadn't even had time to eat. Now they went to the other side. They ran around there. They had a meeting, an all-day meeting, and they had just come out of a string of meetings, and he had been preaching there. Amen. Who knows how long it's been since they've eaten. So you know those boys, when their stomachs are going, and they're listening to Jesus preach, they're thinking, okay. And that's where they got to until they actually handled the fish. I guarantee you the moment John went, it was on. I bet he didn't. I bet they ate last after 20,000 people. I guarantee you, they weren't thinking about eating that. They were thinking about, give me another fish. Give me another sick person. Give me another blind eye. Give me another deaf ear. Give me. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Oh, I felt the noise on me now so strong. Glory to God. Y'all may have to fix me something to eat in a minute. Glory to God. Glory, I'm serious, I'm not kidding you. Glory to God. A lot of people wonder, a lot of people think, you know, uh, like when, when Ta Ta Tabitha, Dems I say unto thee, arise, you know, uh, Dorcas, Tabitha, others are raised from the dead, and Jesus raised a little 12-year-old girl from the dead. When he did, he said, fix her something to eat. Yes, sir. Now, there's a reason he did that. Well, first of all, probably her body didn't need that nourishment, and we understand that, but see, we're so naturally minded did you hear what I said? We're so naturally minded, we're thinking, he said, fix them something to eat because they've been laying there and their bodies, you know, without and they need something for strength now that they're back. Well, if he's able to raise them from the dead, I don't think that natural food's going to give them the strength they need. The whole reason he commanded them to be fixed something to eat is to bring them fully back into this realm. They've been over there. There's been two or three times my wife has been so lost in the spirit. And you know, so you learn after a while. You learn the anointing. She got frozen here in one minister's conference for about 45 minutes. And man, she was, she traveled the universe. That's been awesome. I have her tell her that. I have her tell that every once in a while because it's just, it's just so far beyond people think, oh, that's a story. Wow, glory to God, you know. So, you know, they're so natural and so movie theater conscious that, you know, you think about traveling the universe and they think Marvel. Well, I'm talking about the Marvel Universe. 
talking about the king of kings and his spirit. And she literally, I know something happened today because I saw it in the spirit. We're divinely connected that way spiritually. Of course we are. And the moment I started preaching out of Mark 6, I saw it go, bang! And I saw what happened. And the anointing started coming on you. They came on you when you were lost in the spirit. And you were on that shore. I know it did. It took you right back there. In your mind and heart, I saw it in the spirit while I was preaching. It's on you now. She got lost in the spirit here. And, uh, and taken away. She described the whole scene. She saw the people. She saw them running. She was on the seashore. She smelt the salt air. She was fully there. She, her body was suspended here in a trance. She was fully there. She saw the boat dock and the people running to Jesus. She saw Jesus in the boat. Get out of the boat. Step on the shore. Maybe I need to have you tell that story. I don't know. And maybe it's not the right time. I'm just simply saying that you are caught for a while when she, when, when, after that experience was over. Because she asked him, Jesus, how did I get here? Didn't you ask him that? How did I get here? And he said, those same wings. Right, that, those same wings that took you through the universe, they brought you here. <laughs> Glory to God. That realm is here now. I mean, swirling around you right now. And it's what we're ministers of. Able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter of the law, but of the Spirit. Now, I like preaching as much as the next guy, but we've been, we hadn't been ministering enough Spirit. We've been ministering a lot of letters. But not enough of this other realm. Oh, there's so much more I want to say to you, but I'm going to contain myself for your sake because right now I'm real close to get, being able to get beside myself because him, he is in the room. I never go anywhere by myself. There's more with us than there are against us. The good God is in the room today. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. What do you think happened when Brother J.D. was in the Amazon? And suddenly the Lord said, say it. He said, I don't know where to go from there if I say that. And he said whatever he heard him say, and it was perfect Portuguese, didn't need an interpreter, and operated in the Spirit with a language that the tavern next door heard it emptied out, shut down, and today, 50 years later, there's still churches all up and down the Amazon because of one moment in that other realm. Do you not get why we came to church today? Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Heaven's hanging low. I said right now heaven's hanging low. The fruit's so heavy it's just bending the, bending the branches down. All you got to do by faith is just reach out and grab. Just touch. Woo, the river's flowing through here so deep. Glory to God. Glory to God. And I remember she got suspended between the realms. I, mean, I was trying to, you know, I was, I, I was, because, I mean, service is over, but not for her. You got to realize in every service I ever preach, service is over for some before it's over for others. <laughs> so I try to preach to the people that stay in service. I'm not talking about you getting up walking out on me. I'm talking about you going somewhere else. I learned a long time ago in spiritual things, when you're there, be all there. That's part of cast your care over on him. Say, so when you're full of care, you're all over the place. But when you're full of faith, you're all there. Because everything I need is here. The river's here. The source is here. Jesus is here. Faith is here. Everything I need to fix out there. Ah. <sighs> Running right by me in that river right now. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Ah.
I, I'm, I really am. In case you're wondering, I'm looking for that place because we're there. I'm looking for that place. Glory to God uh, to let him just do what he wanted to finish this morning. You sense the presence of God on you sitting on you right now? Glory to God. Glory to God. She was suspended between the realms. It took you a while to come, come back. She couldn't talk English for a while, and she couldn't answer questions, and she was in two places, and she could see it almost like a split screen for a little while. Am I right about that? It's like you could see part of remembering this realm, but you weren't in this realm. You could still see that realm. And you were like, am I telling the truth about that? I mean, that's what I remembered you telling me. She said she felt like one part of her was in one place, one part of her was in another. And it was, actually. And were they at a distance? People milling around, fellowshipping after church, those natural voices that she could hear in a distance. She said, literally, all of that commonness is what started pulling her back. Oh, glory. Can we just wait on the Lord for a second? Do you have anything you need to say? Anything you need to share about that, minister? Well, there's so much I want to do. I, 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 honest to goodness, I still have this thing inside of me where the Lord, I, I, I mean, I prayed over into it even again today. He said something to me about it on the 29th of October about, Doc, my God, you were on it today. If, had I gone the direction that I thought it was going to do, go, it would be so clear what the Lord is saying about the hometown. Because on October the 29th, he talked to me about this hometown. And he talked to me about what's wrong. I mean, I'm clearer than ever. I know how to get it fixed now. Oh, glory be to God. Oh, glory be to God. Can I, can, I, can I put you in just one, little, just one little tidbit? The Lord visited me on the 29th of October, and he said to me, he said, I want to show you something you've never seen out of Mark 6 when I preached in my hometown. And he said to me, it wasn't about the hometown. I said, really? Because, you know, that's our emphasis. He said, no, the problem wasn't the hometown. He said, go read it. I'm going to show you something. And I read it again. By verse 2, it literally says, well, let's just read verse 2, Roman, Mark 6, 2. Just, just read it. And honey, have a microphone handy in case you're supposed to close this. I thought so. So let me say this. Grab the mic and be ready because I'm, I'm done. We need to, we need to go where we got to go, okay, because we're going to keep the spiritual atmosphere. Stay in the atmosphere now. Yes, sir. Don't shift to your mind now. Yes, sir. He said the Sabbath day was come and he began to teach in the synagogue. Now look, many hearing him were astonished. And what's the next word? Whoa, whoa, what? Strange. Say that three times. Strange. He said the problem wasn't the location. The problem is what they were saying. If you notice, they had thoughts about it, so they said something about his miracle ministry. And it shut it down. And he said, it's what the people have been saying about Texarkana. That have closed it off to what I sent you to do here. He says, it's not the fact that you're in your hometown. He said, it's what the people of faith have been saying about it. What they've been saying about the church. What they've been saying about the local assembly. What they've been saying about how long it takes what they've been saying about what should be done, what they've been saying. He said, they're killing it with their tongue. And he's not happy about it. And he said, now, deal with that spirit and correct it. He said, this is your answer to take the city. He said, change words, you'll change the outcome. He said, you don't have to change location, you have to change words. problem is not geography. problem is what you say is your faith speaking. 
And the whole reason he couldn't get mighty works done there, there wasn't faith for them. Oh, but that faith is rising. I said, oh, but that faith is rising. I said, oh, but that faith is rising. You need to, if you wonder about what wears people out, it's what they're saying. It's not the devil. It's not the circumstance. Because the scripture says in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25, the Antichrist assignment is to speak great words against the Most High to wear out the saints. Words are what create energy or wear you out. What's coming out of your mouth is where... Your issues are. Strength is released through words. How do you think he imparts it? How did he give dominion? With words. How did he cast out devils? With words. How did he stop storms? With words. Faith-filled words will dominate demons. If you're worn out all the time, it's a big gland problem, the one right under your nose. And if you'll listen, if you'll, if you'll take an art to listen to yourself, You'll hear yourself say, well, I'm just tired. Well, I just didn't sleep good last night. Well, I just need more sleep. Well, I just need some rest. Well, I just need a day off. Well, I did. Well, every bit of that is telling you you have no energy. Paul said his whole ministry he did, not based upon his physical prowess, but based upon the energy of the one that called him and the mighty grace that raised Jesus from the dead working in his inner man constantly. Strengthened, a mighty inner strengthening by the spirit of might that raised him from the dead from the glory realm. So I don't care that you're 80. He don't care that you're 80. He's the ancient of days. And he's sending you down to the Amazon to surf by anointing and revelation all through their lives. Get ready, sir. This is going to be some of the greatest meetings you've ever had in your life. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. I said, glory to God. Honey, just come on, please, please, please. Do what you're supposed to do. I just sense, oh, I mean, just when I turned to her, the anointing got a, went up a notch. Oh, whatever you do right now, let's just stay in this flow. What I want to say to you right now is this, what, is this is what the Lord wants for every believer. Because you have to go to a place in him to be willing to go for him to give you these kind of experiences. You've got to have a desire to be close enough to him and to commune with him that he has an opportunity to do this in your life. I thank him for these experiences. They were wonderful. I've never talked about them very much. They did a lot for me in my Christian walk and bringing me to a maturity. But I do want to tell you this part of the two experiences. The first one, uh, I, w- I was so out of it. I, I really, until I came back, minister's conference meeting was over and people had dispersed. I didn't even really understand what had happened to me. And I certainly didn't know why what was going on here that people could hear. They could hear me singing. They could hear the words I said. I didn't know that because I was just lost in that realm with the Lord in his presence. Uh, it, was, uh, it was so visual. Now, the second experience... We're talking years later. That happened to me. I believe we were having a special service, and I can't. It seemed like it might have been on a Saturday evening um, when we've had some special services. I don't remember exactly. I couldn't tell you what I was wearing that night, but all of a sudden, I'm no longer here. But I was aware, more aware that I had stepped over. I'm telling you these things because. It shows that progressively a maturity that took place where I went from where I was years earlier to where I was uh, at that moment. And I say that because I was aware that all of a sudden I was taken from here into the spirit, into a different realm, that I walked, I stepped through a portal. And, and you, you mentioned that I asked the Lord, Lord, why is this happening? I didn't do that till it all was over. I was like, Lord, why did that happen? Because it was so, it was much like the first experience, but it was a lot different than the first experience. Because once I stepped over, my clothes changed. 
and you ladies would be aware of all of a sudden I had on a white dress. It was a gauzy type dress. And I was on the beach. I was on the shore. And I could feel the breeze because I could feel that dress I had on. The breeze just flowing through it and whipping it around. And I became aware of the smells. And I knew there was sand under my feet because I was barefoot. And I could feel against myself the swaying of like grass that you find on shore. I began to, to be aware of all of these things. Um, hearing, seeing, smelling, touching, which was much different than the first experience. When I did come out, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I was so, I was kind of bewildered to be honest with you once I was alert enough that it could get to the car and we had it home and natural things began to bring me back. And I was like, it was, it was such an experience for me because when I did begin to hear the things and the voices around, it was like I couldn't come out of that realm to come back here fully. So it was almost like I felt like I was stuck between two places. And I said, Lord, why did that happen? What was going on? How did I get there, Lord? And he took me back to the first experience. He said, you went on the same wings you went the first time. The wings of the Spirit. That's how you got there. And he began to speak to me other things that I'm, I'm not here to talk to you about today. But just to simply say... He just let me know, this is where I want you in your Christian walk. I want you to quit being so carnal, so thoughtful about the realm that you live in. We tend to think so much about the fact of this realm that we forget we are surrounded by a spirit realm that is more, much more factual, much more real than what you are existing in today. And we get so caught up in this, we forget that that surrounds us, and it's going on all the time. It was going on before anything was here. It was going on before any man was put in earth. It's always been. Because it's the presence and the glory of God. But we've got to desire to go there. And you know, life may have been where it was easy to just come to church and go from church and live a good moral life, you know, take care of your family, try to help your neighbor and all. But we, we are living in a different time, precious people. Children of God, we're not in that same place we used to be. And guess what? Pastor said, today, we won't ever be at that place again. We're not ever going to go back to what we heard in some of our, because we're, some of us are on of age, we heard the good old days. We're never going back to the good old days. These are the good old days. These are the good new days. These are the days that will take us into that realm, and there'll be a time we won't ever, we'll always know that realm We'll abide in it forever, and we'll never come back here. But it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's not a scary thing. It's not a spooky thing. That second experience, I felt a little spooky, okay? Maybe you wouldn't, but I've got news for you. When something new happens, and I'm a little bit unaware of what's happening at the moment, and I don't feel tangible, I'm not feeling gravity anymore, and I'm not feeling the things that I'm so aware of here, it, it's a little bit spooky to me, and I felt that, but maybe you're totally different, maybe you are, and good for you if you are, but I just simply wanted to say, that's where he wants us to live, that's where he wants to take us, that's where he wants to speak to us, that's where he wants to equip us. That's where he wants to get us ready for the days ahead. That's where he wants us to rise up and to become the mature Christians, his believers, his children, his mouthpieces, his vessels, that truly he can pour through us and we can make a difference.
You know, we love our kids. And yesterday, we got a new grandbaby, a new little world changer. Let me say something else to you. We love you. We love your kids. We've got a whole bunch of little world changers that we have been given the opportunity to help raise up. And it's time to change the world. Okay? It may not be, you may not be changing the whole world. You may not call, be called to do something that's going to affect the universe as a whole. But you are definitely called to take charge and to make a difference in your world. Because each of us do have a world around us. And we do have a part to play. And if we don't play our part, guess what? There's a void where that's supposed to be. And we can't, we can't honestly say we love the Lord if we're not willing to help every person within our world that we can possibly touch have this absolute wonderful experience of the coming saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and his delivering power for them and for their families. We can't truly say that if we're not willing to go. We've got to put off all this carnal thinking and talking and yanking at one another. Because you know what? When you get in those experiences, all of a sudden, you change because you've been in the presence of love personified. And when you come back, you do. You are different. And you want to touch the world. I saw it in the spirit when you took the mic and I remembered something. Holy Ghost by his remembrance. And this is the whole point of everything he's getting at. She was lost in that realm. And even I, because she is my wife, want to make sure she's taken care of. Service is over. People are milling around. You got helps, folks to lock up, whatever. And the anointing of God staying in the room. It's hovering. The glory's around. She's lost in the spirit. But I'm thinking, well, I just, I'll just go sit by her. Well, I did. But you know how the natural mind is. It's like praying in tongues. You pray in tongues a few minutes. And if you don't get lost out there in tongues, if the thunder booms, you'll think, did I roll up the window in my car? And it, it'll pull you right out. That's what was going on. So I, I started saying, well, you know, I thought it was my job, I guess. You know, this just shows you how foolish things can be. It doesn't matter how mature, how much ministry, how many things you've handled in the spirit. I'm telling you, we've just been barely out there orbiting the earth when it comes to really walking in these things. And I was sitting over there by her, and I, I, was, I just know enough now to know how much I don't know. And I was over there by her, and, and I thought, I guess it was my assignment to kind of stay there with her, but then also kind of help her get back to this realm. Truth is, I was probably one of those voices, and especially when I physically touched her. When I physically touched her, I noticed that's when she kind of got stuck. And it's because it wasn't over. The Lord wasn't finished. Problem was, I was finished before he was finished. And what really happened was the fact that I got finished before he got finished pulled her out before she got everything he took her there for. And I'm just going to be really transparent. She told me what he said to her. She told me what happened later. And it got interrupted. But he promised her later. He promised me later. I went to the Lord. I said, oh, Lord. <laughs> I didn't even know. It's kind of like Moses who had to take his shoes off. So I didn't know where I was standing. I didn't know what I was doing. You, you got to know an innocency in my heart. I did that. I would have stayed there all night if you needed all night. I, I repent over that. Oh, God, please, you've got to revisit her and finish that. That's, that was the download of the assignment or the balance of her assignment. God, forgive me. Remember? And he came back. He honored that prayer. 
I ain't found if you make a mistake, just repent and ask him. He is so gracious. He is so accommodating. He is easily entreated. If you would just ask and be humble enough to repent and say, I was just a, I don't know what I was doing, but I was as dumb as those disciples that said, send them home, give them something to eat. But I'm asking you to finish it. Will you just don't let me be the one that interrupted her harvest. Please come back and visit her and finish that thing. And he did, didn't he? He did. And I just want you to say that he did come back. And whatever you need so, to say, you can say. I'm just saying. I'll just say he's so merciful like you're saying. Yeah. He is so merciful. Yeah. How many mistakes do you make? <laughs> I make a lot. But you know what? My father always forgives me. Glory to God. He always brings it back around. And he uses them as a not to beat on me that way. He uses them to teach me just the way he does you. You know what? It would have been great that night if y'all had just left me there, I know. locked the church up, and went home. I get it. And there's going to be some well, of that. That's what I was about to say. I'm believing for that time. Not just for me. I'm believing for that I'm going to tell you, if it wasn't for coming back and holding his last night, I'd still be in Canaan land probably stuck to the floor. I'm not kidding you. It was that strong. I mean, I'm walking down the hall. I fell over against the, the wall. They had to help me get back in this realm. Now, I've had that happen a number of times over the years, sporadically. But we are on the edge. We are absolutely on the edge of an unending flow of the glory of God. I'm just letting you know. I'm going. So if I get frozen in the service and I get translated and go somewhere, there better be some preachers in the house that can pick up where I left off. I'll be back in a minute. That's right. But I am not staying in this realm. There's too much to do. And to redeem the time, jets are too slow. I'm about to get translated. And supernaturally, because if a job is needed, for somebody to be there with the authority to save somebody's life, and then... Here am I, Lord. I said, here am I now, Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. Send me. Here am I, Lord Jesus. I'm not, it's not been too long. I'm not too frustrated. I'm not too tired. I'm not too weak. I'm not too broke. I'm not too confused. Here am I, Lord Jesus. Here am I. I'm not too old. Glory be to God. I'm willing and obedient, and I know we're going to eat the good of the land. I'm telling you, a worldwide campus is coming up, and it's starting within, literally within the year. You mark my words. You mark my words. It's coming up. The school's coming up with it. The partner ministry is coming up with it. The event center is coming up with it. And the glory storm in that tent is coming up with it. He's all, we, glory to God. Glory to God. I've already seen it. I'm looking over into it. Woo, get yourself ready. I've had two confirmations just today, so I'm going to go ahead and announce it like I did those quarterly meetings. I'm going to announce it. I'm putting my faith out there. The Lord told me, he said, I want you to start those Saturday night miracle meetings back up. I want you to show it to God. Now, I don't know when or how, and I don't know if it's under the tent or not, but soon we're going to have some, and it's all going to be focused around healing and miracles. He said, that'll be your healing school, those Saturday nights, he said. Better to be a Holy Ghost meeting. Hallelujah. He said, you start them back up. He said, my body needs it. My city needs it. My, uh, my people need it. And when he said my people need it, that means people are sick, broken, dumb, and that's why they can't go get the harvest. They, huh? They've got hindrances to their race. They sure can't help somebody else. So here am I, Lord. There is a grace... For your pace. Put your hand up to him. Here am I, Lord. Here am I. I release on you the anointing. The grace of God. The mighty power of Almighty God. Oh, it's flowing right there. Glory to God. Whoa. Uh, glory. Glory to God. 
Almighty God. It's like an electric river flowing through the room. You're not near done. I said, you're not near done. I said, you're not near done. I said, you're not near done. You just now really have what you need to go help somebody. You just now know what you need to know to help them get past all this mess. Glory be to God. You're not near done. Woo! Glory be to God. Not even close to done. I don't even think about stopping. Glory to God. There is grace for my pace. He's got some meetings. Listen to me. I can see it in the Spirit. Jesus is sailing, and I'm going to outwent him to that shore and be there waiting to have a meeting. Did you hear what I said? Jesus, I see him sailing on the high seas. He's pointed. He's trying to get this healing miracle power all over the world, and I'm going to outwit him so I can be there on the beach when he docks, and I can be a part of breaking the fish and giving them to the 20,000. I'm going to outwit him. Lord said something else to me, and I guess I'll just cut you loose with this because we're in a place, it's very rare that I get to the end of a meeting and the meeting has no end to it and you don't know what to do. And first thing we start doing is try to prophesy or pray for people or, well, let's sing a song or let's, that's kind of like tapping her on the shoulder and saying, okay, now it's been enough. Let's say we're done with this. <laughs> we're not done with this. No, we, had, we, didn't, we didn't end something today. We actually started something. So there's really no end to what we're talking about here. So I, I don't know how to do anything but just to unhook and say, hey, if we don't go and do some of this and do something with it, we can't come back. And Jesus, the harvest is there. The harvest is coming with sudden speed. The harvest is coming with sudden speed to your life, to your family, in this church, in this ministry, all over the world, to every partner, everywhere, to all the churches and all the preachers. It's harvest time. It's harvest it's harvest time! It's harvest time! Woo! I'm going to leave you with this thought as we dismiss today. The Lord said to me in grace for your pace, one of the things he said to me, he said when they heard the news of the resurrection, they took off running. That's what he said. You've read it. John 20. When Peter and John heard it, they broke out and took off running to the tomb. And it says John outwent him. He had, John outran Peter. A little competition there. So John outran it, but John stopped and stooped to look in. Well, when Peter got there, glory be to God. I don't care if you don't get there first. The key is when you do get there, go in. That's the bottom line right there. The bottom line, see, listen, that generation that went in the promised land... The promise didn't even come to that generation. They didn't get to the river first. Yes, sir. But when they did get to the river, at least they went in. I want you to know we're coming to the river a second time. I said we're coming to the river a second time. There's a finishing grace. And everything you always knew would come in your lifetime is coming inside the next 10 years. Glory be to God. You had not run your race in vain. I haven't run my race in vain. I'm at the point of no return. Glory be to God. And there's no turning back, no looking back, no shrinking back, no drawing back, no pulling back. In my heart, in my, in my giving, in anything I'm doing, glory to God. You're going to start being able to give my services a rating. Yes. You know, they rate them G and PG and PG-13 and R and all that. You're going to be able to give these services some rating. I'm knowing that everywhere we go, our service is going to have a rating. It's going to be HP rating, some hard preaching. Glory be to God. I'm fixing to have a hard preaching rating in every service I go into. It's going to be HP backslash HGM. Hard preaching, Holy Ghost moving. Glory be to God, and we're going to get this harvest in and signs and wonders and miracles and mighty deeds and the power of God is going to equip you to, hate, to jump in your combine. Get in your seat, glory be to God. you got a combine, Doug Luke. Jump in that sucker, glory to God. Take your seat. Make haste, Zacchaeus's. Get out of your perch. Jesus is coming to your house today.
One more shout and we'll find some kind of place to dismiss. Shout it out. There's grace for my pace. Come on now, receive it right now. Now look at your neighbor and say, now pick up the pace. 